Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train of coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Over the doors and bottom Of our ancestors, 
As-salamu alaykum. And for those who may not be familiar with that greeting, it simply means peace be unto you. And if you go deeper into the greeting, uh, I said as-salamu alaykum, the proper uh, reply would be wa-alaykum salam. salam, sir. There you go, Brother Rudolph. Praise be to Allah. Thank you so much for that warm greeting. And as I was saying to our listening audience, for those who may not have been familiar with that greeting, not only is it offering peace one to another, but it's also offering a prayer one to another. So we are eternally grateful for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence uh, this afternoon, this evening, depending on where you are on the planet, that you would take time out of your busy schedule to join us once again at for a weekly edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. And it really just dawned on me that this is our first uh, broadcast of the new year, 2023. So yes, sir. we don't necessarily right. say Happy New Year because not everyone is really having a Happy New Year. But we say God's peace to you in the new year. And if I could quote the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he says it like this, and I quote, the first day of the new year should be a day of reflection, a day of prayer, a day of praise and thanks that we were blessed to make it through the last year because there are so many of those that we know, those that we love, who started the new year with us last year but did not know that it would be the beginning of their last year on this earth. So when we are fortunate to be alive to see an old year go out and a new year comes in, for me, that time should be spent reflecting and thanking God for those who touched our lives and sweetened our own presence on this earth, but are no longer present with us. We thank Almighty God, by whatever name you call him, for granting us life and permitting us to see the beginning of a new year. So again, I greet you all on behalf of our beautiful co-host, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, with God's peace in the new year. I'm going to get out your way and let my brother give the welcome in the way God has seen fit, and then we'll proceed to give you what you need by his grace and mercy. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Yusuf. Beginning all things in the name of the one God, the true and living God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the I am that I am, the grand architect of the universe, whatever you may call that entity that is above you and I, that was here before we got here, that put everything into motion that we would come into an existence that was uh, 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 prepared for us and that would have everything that we would need to make it. Um, to that one, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. We believe that he appeared in the person of Master Fard Muhammad and then came to the shores of North America, and then he met one 
and he taught one face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. And that one was raised from the muck and mire of Black Bottoms, Detroit, none other than the one we know as the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And then that one taught one to show and prove the power of the original God and the God that appeared in the person of Master Farad Muhammad. And he crafted a teaching that was designed for a specific purpose for a specific people at a specific time in history. And he taught the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, I called him Honorable because he is Honorable. Anybody that deals right. with us, as long as he did and sacrificed what he did to deal with us, the ungrateful, wretched uh, uh, people that we are, yes, they're Honorable. So you just let it fly if you don't agree. You, you know. So, But... That one, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is our divine reminder in this dispensation of time, not just a reminder, he is the warner. He is that one that is the most perfect example of uh, obedience to the will of God. He is the one that this this stuff has been poured into to give us a complete picture, an example of what we could be like if we would but submit our will to do the will of God. So in those three great names of, of Master Farad Muhammad, the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I greet the family of Muhammad, the well-wishers of Muhammad, the uh, friends of Muhammad, even those detractors, I greet you in the greeting words of peace and paradise of our salam alaikum. Alaikum salam, sir. Thank you, sir. And let, before we go any further, let me take this opportunity because, yes, this is our first broadcast of the new year. So let's, you know, we would be remiss in our duties if we did not thank, of course, I thank you, Brother Yusuf, and I thank your queen and your family for sacrificing their time that they could have been spending with you uh, for, to allow you to co-host with me every Friday when we come on. But let's thank our engineers and those behind the scenes that when we do get on, by Allah's grace, we're able to have this discussion and get this information out because they're doing whatever it is technical that they do behind the scenes to ensure that we have a seamless communication. So, Brother Forrest, Sister Yvette, your children, Brother Jason, to all of them, we say thank you. And then I have to thank my wife, and my family for the same thing because this time that I'm on the the line with you, I could be spending time with my wife or my family, and I'm not. And they also are sacrificing me. Well, sacrificing me, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess that that would be an eloquent way to put it. 
they're probably jumping up and down. Good, y'all got them for two hours. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Not your family, but mine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, but now, you know, Brother Yusuf, before we go any further, can you explain to those who are on, because, you know, some may be first-timers, this is a new year, so some may have forgotten the rules of engagement of this program. Can you explain that to them? Oh, it would be my honor, Brother Rudolph. You know I'm here to serve, and I'm humbled by it. First of all, once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters on the line, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the honor of your ear and the privilege of your presence because we realize you could be doing something else with your time. But as Brother Rudolph said, um, first of all, we want to um, let you know how important this is to us that even though you're on right now, we want to increase our network and our database. So if you called in to 563-999-3089, we humbly encourage you to share that with your network, with your beta, uh, database. Uh, again, 563-999-3089. And um, log on to Blog Talk Radio forward slash black hole radio, hole spelled W-H-O-L-E radio, D-A-C-P, Disaster Awareness for Community, Disaster Awareness Partner for Community Preparedness. Uh, So brothers and sisters, it's like this. We want you to become self-reliant in taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. As the gospel singer Hezekiah Walker would say, we need you to survive. I think Mary Mary, the sister group, they have a song out also called Survive. Y'all look that up. But this program uh, promotes public awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate, and to train all people in how to best prepare for, respond to, and recover from all emergencies. And if you haven't figured that out by now, that's a mouthful of what I just said in terms of us promoting this type of program. So we're saying in terms of rules of engagement, you might consider having a pen and or a pad or, of course, with smartphones and devices and technology today, You can have your iPad or if you're at a computer, you might want to take notes because these two hours go quicker than you think. And, you know, go at your pace. All of us are degree by degree. Everybody's not on the same level in terms of disaster awareness for community preparedness. It's like education and spirituality. It's degree by degree. And if we take the initiative, step out on faith, then We'll be blessed stage by stage until we meet our eventual perfection. Uh, This program also, our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help you determine the best choices in any emergency response to avert danger and save lives. 
I'm going to put a pin in it right there. I just, uh, and we don't promote per se, endorse any product per se on this program. However, we want for you what we want for ourselves. And I just happened to be in Walmart an hour or two ago, and I saw where they're having uh, a sale on smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, combination detectors, meaning a smoke detector and a carbon monoxide detector in one unit. They're having a sale on fire extinguishers. So if you don't have those uh, detectors, smoke detectors, carbon monoxide, if you don't have a fire extinguisher, we say that it's one of the best investments you can make uh, just short of teaching your children the knowledge of self, the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of the enemy of God. So lastly, um, our vision here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, or as Beyonce used to sing, me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end. So look, look in the mirror and know that you're responsible, that we understand our personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, their neighbors, their family, and the overall well-being of the larger community. And so we just wanted to lay a base, baseline assessment, if you will, wherever you are, because you can ask yourself these questions. Where will you be when disaster strikes? I mean, if you've been watching the news in the last two weeks as we came into this uh, 2023 of this particular millennium, you had an earthquake on the West Coast. You had rain, snow, extensive wind coming across the 2,000 by 3,000, the continental U.S. You had um, tornadoes, potential hurricanes. No, I mean, who makes rain, hail, snow, and earthquake? Who brings it? That's another story for another time. But the United States of America has been catching it, not to mention, I don't know, they didn't pump it on mainstream media, Brother Rudolph, too too much, but just last week, Mecca in Saudi Arabia was underwater. <laughs> so, yes, sir. I mean, let me leave it with nowhere this to run, the nowhere to Minister Louis Farrakhan. Yes, sir. And then I'm going to pass it back over to you, Brother Rudolph. The minister said, and I quote, those who are scripturally prepared know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, quote-unquote, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brother Rudolph? You can drop the mic right after that, brother. There's no more to be said after that, other than remember what he (laughs) said. Watch the weather. That's right. Watch the weather. Now, in, in, in emergency preparedness, you know, we have this thing called a 
there, there's a, a, a watch, and then there's a warning. There's a warning and a watch just before whatever the event is that's going to happen happens. Well, the watch is you being aware. That's you spying. That's you eyeing. That's you looking out for. That's you observing. That's you being aware of whatever it is that, uh, you know, they're telling you is coming. The warning is they're letting you know as well as they can in as much time in advance as they can that something is coming down the turnpike. So it would behoove you to get ready for it. And then you have to make the decision for you and your family, should I stay or should I go? Well, you know, most times in our communities, that question is irrelevant. It's not even a question of should I stay or should I go because where are we going? Where are we going mm-hmm. to run over to the, the, our neighbor's house who are in the same condition and predicament that we in? So where are we going? Most of us don't have summer getaways or winter getaways or the wherewithal to fly away from danger and take refuge in another place until the danger has passed. That's not our reality. So for us, it's just a matter of, okay, thanks for the warning. Let's see what we need to do. But this Mm -hmm. is why we try to teach emergency and disaster mitigation so that you can prepare beforehand you know, as often the question is asked, Brother Yusuf, uh, um, you know, about Noah and the ark. You know, when did Noah build the ark? Uh, <laughs> you know? Let me think. Uh, help me out. <laughs> <laughs> Was it A, during the flood? Was it B, after the flood? Was it C, he called Amazon to have it delivered overnight. Was it D, <laughs> before the flood? Ding, 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 ding. That's it. <laughs> right. You know, so mitigation is something, it's a fancy technical word that the industry uses, but it's something that we've done our whole existence since we've been on the shores of this country, we've been mitigating circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's just a fancy word saying prepare, get ready for, do something in expiation of something else. Big Mama has been telling us for years, child, it's a poor rat that only got one hole. Child, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, and, and we would sit back and scratch our head as Big Mama would say these things, be wondering, now, what's she been drinking? But as yeah. you get older, if you're blessed to mature into this life, you begin to understand that Big Mama was on it. That's and right. it didn't matter where she came from, what her background, what her education level was or what so-called spiritual 
uh, um, discipline she came from. She was a thousand percent right in what she was saying. So now we, and most of us, again, don't have Big Mama around anymore to really sit at her feet and soak up that wisdom that she was trying to give us in our ignorance. So now we have to play catch up and try and learn it, you know, in this advanced course, you know, this fast track thing to life. Mm-hmm. But all praise is due to Allah. Um, you know, the God is merciful, and the God will, does, you know, I, I saw a bumper sticker on somebody's car that says, God allows U-turns. So mm. it's good to know that if you are going in the wrong direction, you can pop that U-turn, and God won't give you a ticket. Now, state troopers may give you a ticket, but God's not going to give you a ticket for it. So don't worry about it. So if you realize you're going in the wrong direction, just, you know, check your check your mirrors and just slam on that gas and turn that wheel and pop that U-turn. And prayerfully, you will be all right. So now, as you were talking about the things that have gone on since the new year came in, I was on the phone with Brother William out in Oakland, in the Bay Area, um, yes, just, sir. Well, for the for the past couple of days, because mm-hmm. he was giving me a play by play, letting me know San mm-hmm. Francisco was underwater, letting me know sure. how far the water was coming to the Bay Area, mm-hmm. letting me know what the people were thinking, doing, and saying at the time that this was going on, and. I couldn't do anything. It brought a smile to my face, simply not smiling that people were going through this, but smiling to know that we have been on the front lines warning the people of these things. That's right. That's right. That we have been the voice of that one crying out in the ghetto, get ready. It's coming. It's coming. So all praises are due to God that we can be found working. And we're not That's right. pointing fingers at people, nor are we sitting back saying, see, I told you so. No, it's not about that. It's about seeing what we can do because the Holy Quran, I believe it's Surah 5, Ayat 34, Points that I got 32. Mm. Mm. But it says that he who saves the life of a man is as though he has saved the lives of all men. You're right on it. Five and 32. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, you know, and when you really read that entire ayah and you parse it, it shows you how. Allah will never waste the work of one who is striving to be righteous. Right. So if you can just get to one, it's like, you know, it's like being back in school. If you just get the assignment done, you get the credit. Credit for the assignment, no matter when (laughs) you get it done. Yeah. 
So that's what we have to uh, do, and that's what we encourage all the listeners to do. Whatever you take away from our program, okay, that which you understand of what we talk about on our program, take it and run with it. And, you know, loosely, as we say back on the East Coast, and spread it like the pigeons do. I believe it at that. But those who are from there, you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Be so, you know, yes. So that's what we have to do. And, and, you know, for those of you that are listening, yeah, you hear Brother Yusuf and I, we, 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 we do a lot of, uh, of laughing and we tell a lot of jokes as we're going along this thing because this is such a serious topic. That is dealing right. with life and death on a regular basis. If you don't laugh, have some levity, and have some uh, 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 um, some type of um, humanity or or, 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 or relief and common sense in your approach to it, you will drive yourself crazy seeing what we see on a daily basis and hearing what we hear on a daily basis because it's not pretty. It's not a, 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 a bowl full of cherries, and life is not – with. Uh, we don't see it as with rose-colored glasses, as most people think. So, you know, you just have to get in where you fit in. And like I said, that which you understand to be good for yourself, then you teach it to those around you, and you keep it moving from there. Brother Yusuf? Thank you, Brother Rudolph. And life for me ain't been no crystal stair either, brother. So thank you for bringing that up and uh, taking me back in, into that uh, poem that I believe you recited last time we were on the air. But you said so much, and I'm going to speak personal, uh, when you talked about Big Mama saying about the poor rat that only has one hole. As a firefighter, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, If something goes on in the structure that you're in, whether it's your home, whether it's your place of employment, you should always look around you and see if there are two ways in and out of a particular room. And if there are only one, then you have to determine in your mind, like Noah and the ark before the incident occurs, how you're going to get out. In the fire service, they say means of egress. So when you go into a building, look for at least two means of egress. If you're cooking in your kitchen and you only have one means of egress, then you have to figure it out. But hopefully you'll have two. If an accident occurs in the kitchen and you have a extinguisher nearby and you know how to use it, then you, you know, first of all, call to somebody in your home to call 911. If you figure, like, okay, I'm going to put this flame out, because there's no guarantee that your extinguisher will work, or if it does work, that it will be efficient enough to put out the size of fire. So you call 911, ask somebody in your home to call 911 first. But two means of egress when you you said that uh, about the poor poor rat. And then the other thing is about – when you said that the, the, the University of Big Mama, it made me think when I was a little 
uh, Shorty, I remember my grandparents, my grandmother going into this closet in the kitchen or near the kitchen, and they were calling it the pantry. And when I looked in there, they had what we now know is mason jars with all kind of vegetables and uh, preservatives, or preserves, if you will. And I know your wife and my wife knows about it being MGT. They call it canning. And certainly we want to encourage those who don't know the art of canning to look into it. Find an MGT in your area or go to YouTube University, as some of my family members would call it, and, and, and learn how to start preparing yourself. You know, we have to be like, you know, the ants. Study the ants, O thou sluggard, and become wise. I think that's uh, Proverbs 6 and 6. For the ant prepares for the winter in the summer. That's right. And prepares for the summer in the winter. Don't be like that grasshopper that when the (laughs) the winter comes, they wither away. So those those were a couple of things when you talked about uh, our ancestors and elders, they didn't have all this internet and all of this. They didn't have to go to, you know, a Ivy League school or HBCU, although they encouraged it if they could, but not their generation, the ones who came after them. But they had common sense. They were in tune with nature, with mathematics, with science and scripture, right, even in the midst of the madness of being enslaved, right? And that's something more coming out of that Emancipation Proclamation into the Reconstruction era, era and even through Jim Crow and, you know, here we are, Civil Rights Movement, here we are. You know, there are things we can do, uh, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, but you have to take the initiative yourself. And then don't try to do it all by yourself. When I said me, myself, and I, that's the start. But then when you get involved, you'll start meeting people with like minds. And you'll see this is really about a communications uh, investment. Well, I just call it a community relations strategy, meaning it's community involvement, community partnership, community investment for community risk reduction and Risk reduction is a process to identify and prioritize local risk, followed by integrated and strategic investment of resources, whether it's emergency response and prevention or other ways to mitigate, as Brother Rudolph mentioned earlier, to reduce these things from happening again, their occurrence and their impact. So I know maybe our first-time listeners are saying, Brother Rudolph, um, yeah, they're laughing. They have levity with the work, but this is serious work. And, and then they're always talking about scripture. Well, what's their background? Well, you know, when you talk about community relations strategy, we just don't use scripture or the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. There's a big field that awaits us, to, uh, the, that awaits the wide awake man to work out in. So we'll give you something from FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Association, if it's good for us. For instance, they come out with a weekly preparedness newsletter. And the first one they came out with this year speaks about ready tips, 
about CERT teams and communities, CERT, C-E-R-T, meaning community emergency response teams. They talk about children and disasters. They talk about financial preparedness. And then they give you important dates forthcoming. So I'm just going to share a few as we go into the second half hour of today's program, give you some ready tips according to what they put out. And they were saying that January is a great time in plan ahead to plan ahead and make positive changes. As you make a list of for those who make resolutions and then break them the next week, but though for those who are serious about resolutions, resolve to add a few that will help you prepare for emergencies and disasters. Remember, you don't need to enact all your resolutions at once. Take small steps throughout the year so that you're ready to weather the unexpected, pun intended, right? Here's some ideas to get you started. Number one, make an emergency plan. Choose a safe place to meet. Learn evacuation routes and establish an out-of-town contact. Number two, I'm giving them numbers, but not necessarily in this order. Ladies and gentlemen, again, we just want you to take notes and you move as the God is ordering your steps and making firm your feet. But number two, take stock of your emergency supplies. Use those that will expire soon and add new ones as needed. Number three, sign up for alerts and warnings. Brother Rudolph said the difference between a warning and a watch. You can go, FEMA has a has an app. The Weather Channel has an app. You can go to FEMA app and get real-time alerts, safety tips, and local, or you'll be able to locate open shelters in your area. Number four, snap pictures of your property for insurance purposes. Number five, take a current photo of you and your pet together in case you get separated during a disaster. Number six, snap photos of important documents and save them in a secure place or online. In addition, you can consider filling out FEMA's, they have what you call the emergency financial first aid kit to help Keep all your documents and important information in one place. I forgot the number I was on, six, seven, eight, whatever. But the next point is to set up group text lists so you can communicate with friends and family during emergencies. The next point is to take a class in CPR and first aid. The last four points are have a backup power source available, to charge devices in case of power outage, check your insurance for coverage on disasters like floods, hurricanes, and earthquakes, save for a rainy day, start and grow your emergency fund 
by adding a small amount at the start of each month. And lastly, you can learn more about preparedness actions uh, by going to uh, FEMA's preparedness community or just tune into Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness week in and week out, and we give you the update of the landscape of what has come across our screen. So I'll put a point in until we go to the next subject and allow Brother Rudolph to elaborate on anything that he thinks needs to be elaborated on. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, you're right on it. And we're going to stay right there, Brother Yusuf. Uh, I forgot what number you were on, too. Well, here's the next number. Okay? Learn the choking procedure. How to uh, clear a person's airway when it's totally blocked or what to do when a person has a partially blocked airway. Uh, learn how to restart the heart and bring life back to a person's lungs and heart has left. That's called the art of CPR. Learn how to stop the bleeding. If someone is bleeding, learn what to do when a person is having or has had a seizure. Learn what to do for a person who is having an anaphylactic or an allergic reaction that involves their airway. Learn what to do for a person that's going through an environmental emergency, whether it's hot or cold. Learn what to do for a victim of drowning. Learn what to do if a person is electrocuted. Learn what person that is the victim of trauma. How to approach them, how to address them, how to treat them, whether to move them or not, and if so, how to. All of these are things that each of you and each of us can learn that can help us and our personal lives with our personal family, but it can also help our neighbors, in our community. When he was talking about those CERT teams, community emergency response teams, wherever you live, you find like-minded people like yourself. doesn't have to be everybody. It only takes a few good men or a few good women to make a difference in the lives of men. We need to also make sure we're not excluding our youth as we're going through doing these things because if it's true that they are our tomorrow, well, then what does our tomorrow look like if we're neglecting to pass on to them what we know and what we've learned? 
we're making them start all over again, every generation. I don't know what number we were on, Brother Yusuf, but I'm just adding on to the list that you started. And as you said, with the FEMA bulletin, you know, we have to learn to get information and take good information from wherever we may find it. It doesn't matter who's saying it. doesn't matter who's producing it. If it's beneficial to us and our families, then we should be putting it in our toolbox to use for the benefit of ourselves, our families, and our community. Right, right. So, That's right. you know, I, I, I'm just throwing those things out there. And, again, you should know emergency number is when you need help. You should know the number to your local fire station, whether it's volunteer or paid municipality. You should know what the number is to your local law enforcement office. You should know what the number is to your local rescue squad, your local emergency room, your local hospital, and check with them and see what programs and services they have in the building that could possibly benefit the community. And if they don't have the wherewithal or the resources as personnel to bring those services into the community, then you should be found doing it. Even from a volunteer basis, you can help by bringing resources into your community. And this is what we need to be doing, and this is what will change the outcome to um, the uh, 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 mortality rate in our communities. It's information. It's information. It's information. But then not only is it information, 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 it's putting that information to work. Right in the way of learning skills that of how to use that information, which then turns into wisdom. Because remember, wisdom is knowledge applied. Brother Yusuf, I'll leave it at that for right now. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Look, shout out to the uh, EMS team that uh, on this past Monday night, I think it was Monday night football, where the brother uh, DeMar Hamill uh, had a heart attack, I believe. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so shout out to those who were professionals who administered CPR on the field. And, uh, you know, they use, I don't know if they use uh, the defibrillator or not. Yes, they did. The AED. Right, right, On right. the field. So, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, according to statistics, ladies and gentlemen, they said CPR and defibrillation are successful in 58% of the cases. But 
It's better to have knowledge to know how to, as Brother Rudolph said, turn into practical application than to not have it. So it's critically important that we learn basic first aid, CPR, you know, thank Allah that that the brother suffering a cardiac arrest, uh, his heartbeat was restored, as Brother Rudolph said, like, like on the field before he was transported out the stadium back to uh, uh, they took him to the hospital there, the University of Cincinnati uh, Medical uh, Center. So uh, we're grateful for that. Then I look at the statistics all over America, but I'll just speak specifically, uh, Brother Rudolph, they did a news report yesterday of the homicides recorded last year in this area, area code yes. 757 for the most part. Some people call it the Tide seven water. cities, Tidewater, yes, Hampton Roads. They said the number of homicides doubled from a decade ago. And wow. so, you know, I mean, for those who watch the news know, yeah, they put it on the news every day. And, you know, for the most part, unfortunately, it's happening in black and Latino communities. So we owe it to ourselves, to our family, to at least know basic first aid uh, because, you know, when, when, when disaster strikes again, when we talk about statistics of how fast an emergency response vehicle or agency can get to you, that's one thing. Depending on the degree of disaster, you know, everybody's impacted psychologically, so not only you as a victim may be psychologically impacted, but think about the first responders. Think right. about the emergency managers. So there's a psychology that we say overlaps, but then there's some that, that, that are specific because, again, whether you're talking about Hurricane Katrina or what they call Ian, those names that they're given, a first responder is going to do what they do, but they're worried about their family as well. That's see right. how they're impacted. You know what I mean? And certainly the news last week about Buffalo, they they, they caught a snowstorm that was just like, uh, what they say, one in a generation. You know, the journalists always got some kind of way to, yeah, yeah, snow again, snow again, yeah, the perfect storm. Speaking of that, you know, Brother Rudolph, I, you know, we we not one to get jealous, but uh, don't tell nobody. But Brother Rudolph's in the sun right now. He's sunning and funny as he as he's delivering this heavy knowledge on disaster awareness for community preparedness. But he came from an area where they didn't know if they were going to get out the airport. Their plane had to be de-iced in the Big D, Detroit. So we got to get ready for winter storms. I don't care where you are. And that's that's part of the okie doke down here, Brother Rudolph, where we are and pretty much where the jet winds go and whatnot. These people think yes, rain is a disaster. They don't even know snow like that. You know what I mean? So when it comes, I just pray a lot, you know, they're like ants have prepared themselves. But snow, sleet, and ice can spell trouble on both the roads and at home. Use these tips to help you weather the storm. Went the storm safely. 
Again, check the news for adversaries, watches, and warnings. Winter weather watch is issued for snow, freezing rain, freezing drizzle, sleet that will cause inconveniences and be hazardous if you're not cautious. A winter storm watch is an alert to the possibility of a blizzard or snow, freezing rain, or sleet that could be heavy and it's issued 12 to 48 hours before a winter storm. Now, a winter storm warning is issued. When it's issued, it's heavy snow, freezing rain, or sleet. It's expected soon or may be occurring already. These warnings usually come out 12 to 24 hours before the storm. Then you can sign up, you know, if you just go to your local uh, fire department or news. In other words, just be ready, be in tune, know the terms, whether it's winter weather advisory, winter storm watch, winter storm warning, and the differences. Then, of course, it you know, should go without saying, but try to stock up and have a supply of non-perishable food, medications, right. and water so you don't That's need right. to go out in the winter storm, make sure you also have flashlights and batteries, extra batteries. If you lose power, if you have a generator, only use it outside and more than 20 feet away from your home's doors and windows. Then you stay safe when you're outdoors. If you need to go out, wear layers of warm clothing. Only drive if you need to. Keep your car's gas tank full and keep an emergency kit in your car that includes a blanket. Watch for signs of frostbite and hypothermia. Frostbite causes loss of feeling and color around the face, fingers, and toes. If these symptoms occur, go to a warm room and soak the affected part in warm water. Do not massage or use a heating pad. Hypothermia is an unusually low body temperature, and the temperature below 95 degrees is an emergency. Signs include shivering, exhaustion, slurred speech, or drowsiness. If someone is experiencing hypothermia, Move them to a warm room. Then warn, warm, pardon me, them from their head to their hips by wrapping them in warm blankets. And, uh, you know, FEMA does also offer assistance for those who need help getting heating bills if needed, uh, either lowered or paid for. And, again, you can go to www.ready.gov forward slash winter weather for more information. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Okay, I brought, okay, okay, all right, all right. You know, um, you are listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network. I'm just preparing for when we get sponsors, brother, and, you know, we have to break pause for station identification in order to pay the bills. 
I, I, I'm just preparing yes, for yes. the future. Yeah, yeah. Soon come. You know, that's Soon a, come. Right, right, right. I'm practicing. I'm practicing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's uh it's um uh, four minutes well according to my timepiece, it's four minutes to the hour. Um you know, down here in uh sunny Florida. Yes, that's where my wife and I are, down here in sunny Florida. Um she brought me down here in order to uh relax and to rejuvenate myself for my birth anniversary in order to get away from the environment that I was in and to get my head straight so that I could um, go back and tackle the things that need to be tackled, you know, getting ready to go back into school to try and finish and get this all in and, you know, still working full time and, doing the things that have to be done as, you know, we do. Because a lot of us, we don't get to just take off and just do things and everything. No, we have to add on to what we're already doing. So it's about time management. It's about, you know, learning how to um, do things and to prioritize the things that we need to uh, do because, again, it's not an issue of what we're going to do, it's how it's going to get done. So that's where we are now. Uh, so I'm down here, you know, seeing my grandchildren and my son, and in the midst of that still doing the work that needs to be done, uh, but it's just a nice thing to get out of that environment, to get down here, to get some sunshine, get in some sunshine, and to feel the sun on your body. So that's where we are now. Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, moving on to the, Next topic, well, we've talked about the FEMA briefing of the new year. We've talked about the uh, some of the um, disasters, so to speak, that have been hitting since the new year. Let's talk about, let's switch this up and, and let's talk about this. Education. You know, um, it's important, no matter what you do, to keep elevating your mind, to keep exercising your brain, to keep invigorating your yourself and, and, and learning the new technology, the new information, and the new systems that are out here because with all of the technology that's out here, things are changing. It's increasing, and they're going on, they're going on. There's new things that are being learned, and there are new ways that things are being done. And no matter how old we get, especially those of us who are a little older, we have to try and learn the technology, but also not forget that when the technology 
is not there that we still used to do this thing before. So we can't forget the old way, but we have to um, find the ha- learn the happy medium between the two. And that's how we bring the new generation into what we're doing and letting them see that they are relevant because they have this technology. But we just have to let them know also when the technology is not there, you don't have to just stop as though you're walking in a dark room or walking in a room and then the lights go out and you just stop because you can't go any further because there's no light in front of you. No, you need to know your terrain so in the light or the dark you can proceed, but you just proceed with caution. So, you know, just throwing that out there. So there's always things going on in the regions where there are classes being taught, seminars being done. Uh, Like you said, YouTube University always has something new on there, and we shouldn't be afraid to engage in it. Take what is positive from those things and what you can use. Take it. Put it in your toolbox. And what you can't, then throw it away. Get rid of it. Don't worry about it. But information and technology are all around us, and we have to learn to coexist with it lest we'll be left behind and we won't be able to keep up with what is going on. You know, these drones, um, I actually have my son working with me now learning about the drones because that's a great mm-hmm. way to uh, that's right. you know, do some surveying, do some search and rescue, learning how mm-hmm. to you know, put one of them drones up and monitor what the, the information that the drone is sending you back, and it keeps you from putting your personnel in harm's way and helps you to secure some of your resources. So... You know, again, and, and it's it's fun. It's fun because it help, it gives me and my son a chance to bond a little more, and gives us a chance to you know hang out and do some things. My youngest son, he's an engineer, and for all of you, if you don't know anything about engineers, and I'm gonna say this, especially young black engineers, they are different. They are different species. <laughs> they're not as outgoing as the rest of us, but in their own way, but in their own way, they um they uh they do communicate and they do have their own network, but they speak in a language that is generally unfamiliar to the rest of us. And so we have to learn the uh, jargon that they speak, and we have to learn how to understand their jargon. And once we do that, then the communication flows seamlessly. But, yeah, they, they are definitely, this generation, they're, 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 they're an interesting breed. 
you know, but praise be to Allah, I, I have some of them that uh, I can learn some things from, and I'm not too proud to say I don't know and to learn from them. And that's what we all need to do because we're all in this thing together, and that's why we're all here, to help each other. That's right. So with these new young engineers that are out here, they are uh, privy to some things that we are not, and they're privy. What they have can help us get our job done in half the time. So we just have to, uh, we have to embrace it, you know, and, and and we just keep keep it moving, keep it moving. But by all means, we have to incorporate everybody. Nobody is excluded from the youngest baby to the eldest of us. No matter what their physical condition is, that mind is what we're talking about. And we have to keep that mind and that brain engaged and get those pearls that are coming from it and put it to use for the benefit of ourselves, our family, and our community. Brother Yusuf? Yes, sir. Beautiful, 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 Brother Rudolph. So many things came to my mind. Uh, You know, when you talked about the intent of your wife, getting you down there in that sun to visit your your son, S-U-N and S-O-N, um, what came to my mind is recalibration, to recalibrate, right, so that when you go back, you'll have a renewed vision and fervor to do what Almighty God Allah blesses you to do. And, you know, oftentimes we are very much concerned about the cars we drive, recalibration. We're concerned about other vehicles we may have, whether we're working in a recalibration. Devices, recalibration. But what about ourselves? Critically important. Critically important. I was reading one report this week that one of the CERT teams was specifically geared toward mental health. That was their focus for the month. They had a mental health campaign, community emergency response team. And, you know, we all need to recalibrate, particularly those of us that so much concerned about other kind of devices that we recalibrate and we forget to recalibrate ourselves. So think about that, uh, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen. And then you went into education. It reminded me of a quote that Malcolm X used to say when he was the national spokesperson for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. He used to say, education is the passport to the future. Tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today, quote, unquote. And then I remember one time family seeing a bumper sticker 
that said, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. The word to the wise is sufficient. You know, I remember one of these disaster preparedness uh, groups did a survey. And the survey asked the question, how do we overcome barriers to perceive preparedness? And this particular survey, the answers were 17% of the people thought they believed getting information was too difficult. Well, we're telling you it's not all you got to do is tune in to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness and call up 563-999-3089 every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's not too difficult to get the information. You just have to want to get it. This survey went on to say that 18% didn't think they have time to prepare. Well, you have all the time there is. Everybody is experiencing 24 hours a day or technically 23 hours, 56 minutes, and 46 seconds a day. So, again, you have the time. You just have to take it. You remember our ancestors used to sing that spiritual steal away, steal away, steal away to Jesus. Well, steal away for your family, for yourself and start preparing yourself. The survey went on to say 24% don't even know how to get prepared. Well, here we go again. Every Friday from 4 to 6, here we go again. Whether you're tuning in to the Ministry of Health and Human Services, whether you're tuning in to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, whether you're tuning in to FEMA, and you know, uh, the engineers of this show, sponsors of this show, if you will, Black Hole Radio, which is a, a subsidiary of Black Hole Entertainment LLC, their mission is to disseminate information that will enlighten, elevate, and educate, and improve all or improve the human condition throughout the diaspora. They were established to create opportunities for our community and to express their best selves. So they have programming also throughout the week that you can tune into to learn more about uh, what it is to be prepared on so many different levels. And then the survey, lastly, said that 26% believe that preparing is too expensive. Well, again, it's only when you need a first aid kit that it won't be too expensive if you're bleeding out and you need something as simple as a Band-Aid and you can't get to it for whatever reason or some gauze or, again, being at the table and you're with your family having beautiful conversations, you're breaking bread, you're drinking healthy drinks, you're in tune with how to eat to live or not, and then someone starts choking at the table. As Brother Rudolph said earlier in the program, if we don't know how to extract a foreign object from someone who may be choking, and I think we all know the universal sign of someone 
who's choking with their hands up to their throat. It's a vulnerable feeling if you don't know how to extract a foreign object and you're looking at a loved one choking, can't breathe, can't articulate, changing colors. Education is the passport to the future. Tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. And if you think education is expensive, Try ignorance. And then when you talked about your son, your beautiful son, Brother Rudolph, with that drone, that's critically important for emergency management systems. It is a time to bond. Shout out to Brother Aquil. We haven't heard from him in a while. But, you know, our brother, as you know, we relied on him many a, a program to let us know what was new with the technology in terms of drones and any other gadgets that, you know, he was attracted to. So thanks for bringing that up, Brother Rudolph, brothers and sisters. We're at 513 Eastern Time p.m. as we head into the last 45 minutes of this week's program. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to say anything about uh, anything I said, Brother Rudolph, but one thing I wanted to just get across and then I'll let you um, elaborate. And, uh, you know, to the degree that we've been watching the news and we see that the politicians on Capitol Hill seem really to be discombobulated. They can't seem to get it together. But uh, through the federal administration, no matter what it has been or what it is, Every year, the president proclaims January as a month dedicated to the awareness and prevention of human trafficking. And certainly, we've had subject matter experts that speak on that, including your wife, Brother Rudolph Sistacia, that speaks on human trafficking and, you know, how It's um, just pathetic, just pathetic, not to mention this week's Final Call newspaper talks about the disrespect of the black women, about so many abusive incidents happening that aren't recorded for whatever reason. But uh, according to the Department of Homeland Security, what they call their blue campaign, President uh, Joe Biden said this, around the world, human trafficking has stripped nearly 25 million people of their safety, dignity, and liberty, disproportionately affecting historically undeserved and marginalized communities. Y'all know what that means. During the National Human Trafficking Prevention Month, We affirm our commitment to ending this inhumane and immoral practice in all its forms. And as we bring perpetrators to justice, we renew our pledge to help survivors recover and rebuild their lives, quote, unquote, from the president of the United States, Joe Biden. And so, you know, the whole adage that says when America catches a cold, 
as he called it, the historically undeserved and marginalized communities. When America catches a cold, black people catch pneumonia. And so we know how crazy it is. And I'll never forget, Brother Rudolph, maybe 15 years ago, I had a sister shout out to Sister Tammy of San Francisco, who first pulled my coat to the what she observed at the bus stops, at the train stations of our people just getting swooped up like an assembly line, our little girls and little boys with this human trafficking. She told me then it was off the chain before it got national attention. So we just wanted to bring that to your attention, to our listening audience attention. This uh, human trafficking is off the easy for sheezy. And whether it was that uh, Caucasian man in Hollywood, I can't call his name yet, or that other Caucasian man who they found hung in the prison cell in Manhattan, Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was one of them. You know, one may say that that occurred because there was a list of very important names that were involved in some level of human trafficking. And, uh, you know, again, it's happening to boys and girls, but I'm a grandfather of four granddaughters, and I'm very much concerned about the madness of them being targeted, uh, you know, as a result to this this satanic uh, system of human trafficking. So I just wanted to bring that up. According to President Joe Biden, this is Human Trafficking Prevention Month, as the other presidents prior to him declared and proclaimed it as well. But I'll fall back, Brother Rudolph, and let you elaborate elaborate on anything. And again, brothers and sisters, feel free to call in. Press uh, one on your phone pad. You'll be brought in to the queue by the engineer. And let's engage in any dialogue, if that be your pleasure. Brother Rudolph? Yes, sir. Yes, brother. You know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to, uh, I am not an expert on the human trafficking thing, but I know an expert on it. And we have to get our sister Danielle from Dallas, Texas, back on the line because she deals with that human trafficking thing every day, all day. Mm -hmm. I will say this. We, as a people, as a family, have to be more vigilant, more proactive, and more uh, um, uh, on the offensive side rather than the defensive side. We're um, protecting our young boys and girls off. See, we can't be outraged at what the so-called open enemy is doing to us, but it's okay when there's another person that looks like us doing it. No, we have to have, keep that same energy, no matter who it is. That's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And we have to address it. And so here's the second part to that. 
And I know this one is going to go over like a fart in church or communion Sunday, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) We have to be a lot more vigilant in letting people know that there are consequences and repercussions for violations of our family community, including our own. Look, look. I'm just going to leave it right there. You know, those of you that are listening, draw whatever conclusions you want to draw. Pin the tail on the donkey, as they say. Let me help him out, Brother Rudolph. If it happens to somebody in my family, you'll be looking for another (laughs) (laughs) co-host. Well, no, we're going to talk to the warden and see if we can get you, uh, to, you know, get you some extra time <laughs> on the phone. We'll we'll put something in somebody's commentary, get their phone, phone time. <laughs> yes, sir. I ain't mean to interrupt you, brother, but I just wanted to help no, out this right. audience out. Hey, hey look, right. if we can get you in Rikers, we'll be all right. We we got some people in there. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Hey, oh, man. Yeah, you yes, know, sir. but again, yeah, no, we uh, we we just have to, you know, when we look at the history of our our family, you know, have you know people talk about the Black Panther Party and this and that, this and that, yeah, 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 all of that. Got it, got it, got it. Let's talk about the deacons for defense. Okay, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. talk about those black men who were mostly veterans that had come back from fighting wars who decided upon themselves. They weren't asking, okay? They were arming themselves, and they were going to protect those that needed to be protected in our in our communities long mm-hmm. before the Black Panther Party. Let's talk about those deacons for defense, which was primarily in the South. That's right. At a time when... All of this other craziness was going on. You know, we have to get some cojones like they had. And then, you know, we have to understand that we don't have to ask permission to do what we're supposed to do by each other. As a matter of fact, we would get more respect from even our open enemy if we just took things into our own hands and decided to protect our people that we that we call family. So, you know, we, we just put right it out there, there that way. When you said cojones, I know that's another language. I think that's Spanish, but my interpretation <laughs> is um, testicular fortitude. Can we get that? Yeah, there we go. There we go. See, that's why you're the pastor of disaster, because you know how to put it in that eloquent language that the congregation understands. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah, brother. I didn't mean to cut you uh, yes, off, brother. I just wanted no, no, to, you know, right, while listening audience. Yes, sir. It's all right. This is serious. All right. This is serious. You, you know, know for those we can title this one this week a fireside chat, you know. Yes, sir. That's yes, sir. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the title for this week. Brother Forrest, I know you're listening. That's the title for this week's show. 
a fireside chat on disasters in our community. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it, that's it. Because this is this we we this isn't a how to. This is a checkup from the neck up. Yeah, that, right. that's what this one is. Yeah, so you know, but that that's that's just it. You know, the same way we rally. You know, when we were in the world, I got five on it. Yeah, well, we need to be, do the same thing. That, that that's the way we need to do to protect those that are vulnerable and that are being picked off on our block, even by our even by us. Yeah. So you know, yeah. Everybody got a role to play. Yeah, right. everybody got a role to play, brothers and sisters. Right. Again, you know, whether you down with you know what we just talked about, or whether you're you know more cerebral in the sense that, well, my role is in the classroom. My role is to be an instructor or a teacher. Everybody has a role to play. Your best lesson is your example. No matter where you fit in the scheme of things, you know, uh, you could be the founder of your CERT team in your community, your community emergency response team. You could give them the update of what comes through uh, the FEMA bulletin. Like um, there actually is a faith-based community leaders human trafficking toolkit. I mean, you could go over it and start a study group if, if that's your thing to engage, you know, other houses of worship and the community to help raise awareness to human trafficking. Everybody has a role to play. As we said earlier, community relations strategy is community involvement, community partnership, is community investment. As Brother Rudolph talked about engaging with his son, whether it's the XYZ uh, uh, generation, what you talk about is intergenerational relationships. All of these things are critical. You know, Brother Rudolph, I think about the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan where Allah guided him to call for the Million Man March that took place on a Monday, October 16, 1995. And one of the things that he showed us and instructed us as FOI, the fruit of Islam, the name given to the military training of men who belong to Islam in North America and throughout the world. He said, you have to go out to our people and engage them and develop what they call LOCs, local organizing committees. I know, Brother Rudolph, the EMS LOC means level of consciousness. But those LOCs were critical in galvanizing the men to get to Washington, D.C. that day where over one million, just short of two million, came to Washington, D.C. So the LOCs, again, were assigned an example of community involvement, community partnership, community investment, or community risk reduction. And um, then five years later, it was the Million Family March. And out of that event, a document was 
established called the um oh my goodness the agenda the the black family agenda i believe it was called dealing with public policy and action items uh where there were members of national organizations that spoke to the different activities of daily living as it impacted our people if you will and they're they're basically nine activities of daily living that all of us are impacted by, and that's education, entertainment, economics, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war. That impacts all of us. So it was a book established about the uh, black family national agenda, if you will. Again, everybody has a role to play. You might not be a part of the deacons of defense, but as long as you have that, we'll soften it up a little bit and call it intestinal fortitude, then you're going to be needed. All of us have specific skills, knowledges, and ability, talents, gifts, to make our community a safe and decent place to live. But again, you have to have the will. What good are you having the skill and you have not the will? That's almost as bad as having the will and not the skill. Get that education. And then, okay, five years after the Million Family March was the Millions More Movement. And internally in the Nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan uh, introduced the nine ministries. Ended up being ten, but one of them is the Ministry of Health and Human Services. And there was a task force in that, the Disaster Preparedness Task Force. And then there were nine other ministries, of course, dealing again holistically with education, arts and sciences, uh, 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 justice, the judicial system, the spiritual side of things, uh, uh, trade and commerce. All of these things are critically important. Everybody has a role to play. That's the community relations strategy, community involvement, community partnership, community investment. And externally, if you can remember, 2005 was right after the Millions More movement was right after Hurricane Katrina had demolished New Orleans and the surrounding areas. And so the minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, asked uh, Baba Leonard Dunstan and um, Dr. Ron Daniels if they would consider putting together a coalition of black national organizations to help our people. And so that was established. They called it the Black Family Summit. And uh, they've stayed together, 25, 30 black national organizations since that time. And in fact, I was just involved in a meeting a month ago uh, relative to uh, Baba Leonard Dunstan passing the baton on to Dr. Zakia Newland, and uh, a younger generation, if you will, 
and that's that's intelligence. You know, we can't stay in a position forever without passing it on to, as we talked about the intergenerational relationships we have with the younger uh, people involved. And so just for our listening audience, the the Black Family Summit, which is still together, it's incorporated now, network of primarily national black professional organizations committed to the preservation and strengthening of the black family, consistent with the vision of supporting, healing, and uplifting the black community. The mission of the Black Family Summit is rooted in the values of cooperation, collaboration, and collective work as reflected in the traditional way of life of people of African ancestry. And so it goes on and on and on and on, and you may or may not remember that in the past two years, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was addressing another collaboration of black national organizations. I believe they call themselves the Nubian Leadership Circle. And so, you know, as Brother Rudolph said earlier, get in where you fit in. Be a part of this movement to make our communities better because we don't need a earthquake. We don't need floods. We don't need tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, winter storm warning or watches to know that disaster already exists in our community. Whether it's the homicides, the police brutality, or the mental health issues, don't have to go far. It's right in our families. Don't have to go far. Michael Jackson would say, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking this him to change his ways. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. So I'm going to get out the way, Brother Rudolph. It reminds me of another scripture that God only helps those who help themselves. That's somewhere in the book. And then <laughs> Almighty God, Allah, will never change the condition of a people unless they themselves make that change, meaning changing their hearts. And as we say, turning it into practical application and daily implementation. So we're at 535. I'm going to fall back, Brother Rudolph, and have your way, sir. Okay. There you go. Yes, sir. I'm here. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um. You know we can. Uh. We. We've been touching on a lot of different topics today. Just um putting something out there, just to put on the minds of our people, just showing them how wide this thing goes. Disaster preparedness is not just against uh floods and natural disasters and weather and stuff. Disasters in our community come up in just about every other sentence. Economic, politics, law, humanities, human services, health, whatever. And so another area is, and you started this off, 
uh, when you were talking about the uh, what was it Walmart or or, or um, that had the sale on the smoke detectors, the yes, CO two de- CO two detectors and the fire extinguishers. Yes. So how many of us do not have a fire extinguisher anywhere in our home? And if you do have one, where is it? Do you know where it is? Is, is it calibrated? Is it still good to use? Uh, do you know how to use it? These are just basic, basic questions because we're talking about wintertime when historically and statistically there are a lot of fires, okay? Um, and, and for various reasons because we're all indoors now. Everybody is indoors together, and we're trying to keep warm. People lose um, their utilities, so they're trying to keep warm any way they can. They're using the stove or the oven to keep warm. They have they have a circuit breaker with an extension cord plugged into the circuit breaker, and then another circuit breaker plugged into that extension cord, and another extension cord plugged into that circuit breaker. And then because they don't want anybody to trip over it, they put the put the rug over it, you know, to keep, so that it's not a trip hazard, not realizing that if there's a spark, the rug is going to go up, and that's where the fire is going to come from. But I understand their thinking behind it, that they don't want anybody to trip over the um, uh, 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 eight feet of extension cords that they have because they're trying to plug up everything to get the electricity that they're getting. So, you know, there are many disasters in our household, family, and our community. You just, just pick one of them. Just pick one of them. But like we said, we are talking about mitigation. And how can we lessen the occurrence of these events that stand to derail us and that um, afflict us on a daily basis? How can we get around some of these things or make lessen um, these occurrences that happen to our us and our family? You know, so we need to learn what uh, race means. We need to learn what the acronym PASS means. We need to learn what a lot of these acronyms that we use in the uh, in our daily lives in the preparedness community, how they affect our private lives or the private lives of those that are within arm's distance to us. And this is, you know, we're only one degree of separation, really, away from a disaster hitting us. Because even if it doesn't hit you personally or hit me personally, we know somebody that it did hit personally. And so because it hit them, we still feel it. And then our phone is still going to ring that people are going to be calling us to find out how to get help to do this or or get this done or get that done in the middle of a disaster, not realizing it's a bit too late now. 
it's a bit too late to call me when the water is at your doorstep. Because one, I can't get to you to help you. Two, you can't get to me. This is something that should have been done before the water even started flowing. So we just have to be a little more proactive this year in the things that we need to do for ourselves. You know, we use that, that line, well, you know, I, I got to do what I got to do. You only got to do what you got to do because you didn't do what you should have done. That's right. So that, that's where it really is. So since this is a new year, a new month, the first week of a new year, let us, let us take the mindset of being proactive and doing some mitigation in our lives. And that's across the board. Uh, you know, what's your credit score like? Okay, well, let's, do, let's change our behavior that we had from last year that didn't work out for us, that may work out better for us this year. And just remember, the current condition that you're in right now, you didn't get there overnight, so you're not going to come out of it overnight. But over time, if you uh, dedicate yourself to doing it, then you'll get the progress that you want, and you'll see the progress that you're making, and you'll be able to sustain it better uh, because it's not fly by night. It's like trying to lose weight. You can use one of these cockamamie diets that's out here, and you may see or get a result in 30 days. But then what happens afterwards? What happens on that 31st, 32nd, 33rd day after you reach that goal that you wanted? Now you put twice as much back on because it can't be sustained because there's no foundation for it. No, we need to do things where we can have a proper foundation and we can sustain the change that needs to come and that we need to have in order to benefit us long-term, not short-term. Let's get out of the microwave uh, 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 mindset and get back to the traditional cooking. The reason that traditional cooking is better is, one, that it's a process. And in the process, when you read How to Eat to Live, it tells you about the proper food at the proper time, ingesting in the proper way and in the proper mindset for the benefit of the body. Because the whole cooking process is a process. And in doing that, it is therapeutic from the gathering of the supplies to the prepping of the supplies to the medicinally prepared chemical chemistry involved in the mixing of the ingredients necessary to make that meal. Yeah, that's, it's science involved in that. So, you know, we, we just have to get back in, get, if we weren't in that mindset ever, we need to get in it. And if we were at one time and lost it, we need to get back to it. Remember, God does allow U-turns, so make that U-turn. Act like you start skiing Hutch or, or the Dukes of Hazzard and screech them tires and do that 180. 
going 60 and 70, 80 in the wrong direction. Yeah, make that happen. So, you know, these are just some of the things that we have to think about, Brother Yusuf, and we need to put into play this year. Do you have a, uh, what do they call that, an end-of-life policy for yourself Mm. so that you don't send your family into turmoil at the point that you return to your maker? Yes or no? And that's what it is. No, no explanation needs to be given. It's an answer. Yes, you do, <laughs> or no. Excuse me, or no, you don't. And if you don't, then you need to think about getting one. Why? Because at the point that you have to be disposed of properly at the end of your time here on this planet, okay, you won't need to inconvenience those that you say or claim that you love by them having to pass the hat or do a fish fry or beg, borrow, and steal in order to get money just to give you a decent burial. No, you need to, uh, you, you need to go ahead and do the things that are necessary, get you a policy. And we're going to have people come on the show that can explain how this can be done very easily and very economically right now. Okay. Um, What else? Um, Do you have health insurance? Okay. Well, again, that's something else that we need. Everybody needs. And there are ways that you can get it. You may not be able to get that platinum policy like uh, uh, um, um, Mr. Gates has, um, but you can get something of equal value for yourself and your family that you can get the proper care that's needed when disaster strikes. What else? Um, How many of you out there driving dirty? Yeah, you're driving without car insurance. Yeah, I listen to all the people, oh, you don't have to have insurance. No, 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 you don't. You're right, you don't have to. But then you have to pay the consequences when disaster strikes. See, it's not if, family, it's when. Because all of these things that we're talking about, they're bound to happen, and they're bound to happen to you and I. All you got to do is just keep living. And we're just trying to get you to understand that you can lessen the blow by being prepared for these things before they happen. So, Brother Yusuf, you know, I'm going to stop right there and leave it right there and pass it back to you. Yes, sir, Brother Rudolph. Thank you so much, Brother, for lifting the level of consciousness and giving us what the most high gave you to give to us and what a blessing that is. You know, brothers and sisters, um, again, there's a lot of information that we've shared in these past two hours. We hope something that we shared has given you an opportunity and has inspired you to want to uh, do more as it relates to yourself, to your family, you know, if everybody does a little, then nobody has to do a lot. 
everybody does their part, everybody can do their share, which is two different things. I mean, if we were to slice a pie in eight different ways, for the most part, each part would be the same. But when you really go deep into who you are and who God is blessing you to be and become, we encourage you to come from behind that sycamore tree and share with those in your family, your nuclear and extended family. Share not only your part, but share your gifts, your talents, your knowledge, your skills, your abilities, which may be greater than your next family member or your inner circle of friends, the parts they have to share. So this is what we want as best we can to develop our network. It just starts with you first. Then you either search out like minds or, you know, we believe in prayer on this program. And so you never know who will come to you with the answers to the questions you might have relative to disaster awareness for community preparedness, relative to the nine basic activities of daily living, which is education, entertainment, uh, economics, labor, law, politics, religion, sex, and war, even if it has to do with how to eat to live. You know, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we dig our own graves with our teeth. You know, the human body is amazing, but we abuse our body sometimes not knowing, sometimes knowing with the food that we eat. You know, we talked about the University of Grandmama, Big Mama, back in the day. The food and the foods that they ate for the most part were straight out of the earth. No preservatives, no additives, not today. Our children are inundated, and we too, as their parents and maybe grandparents, are inundated with all kind of food-like products. I won't even call it food. Food-like products that when you read the label, do you read the labels of the food that you purchase? You know, you'll see a word that has nine letters, one that has 12 letters, another word that has 15. Do you know what those chemicals are really about and how they impact our health? Our diets, if the truth really be told. What's that word Brother Rudolph just talked about? He dropped, Brother Rudolph, you dropped a word out there, brother, that I hadn't heard since. Back in the day, four flats in the Cadillac. You talked about the diet. It wasn't discombobulated. It was something you used, brother. It just brought a smile to my face because I said, man, I haven't heard that word since forever. But it took you, brother Rudolph, to come up with that word. It'll come back to me later on. But how to eat to live, building our network. You know, the ancestor, the prolific writer, Sister Maya Angelou, she has a quote that says this, and I quote, you might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, 
but you can choose to not be reduced by them. Quote, unquote, Maya Angelou. I'm going to repeat that. She said, you might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, but you can choose to not be reduced by them. And so that's what we're simply saying, uh, brothers and sisters, that the six Ps that we oftentimes hear coming out of the armed forces, proper, prior, planning, prevents, core, performance, that's critically important for us as a people, individually and collectively. You might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, but you can choose not to be reduced by them. You can choose to eat better. You can choose to pray more. You can choose to medica- uh, uh, meditate more. You can choose to do unto others as you would have others do unto you more. You can choose to want and love for your brother and sister that which you want and love for yourself. So there are many things you can do. You just have to take one step toward it and trust and believe just as you're listening to this week's program The Most High, no matter what you call your God, will give you what you need to recalibrate, give you what you need to go deeper into self-examination, self-analysis, and self-correction. For what? Practical application and daily implementation. So, brothers and sisters, we're at 554 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we move toward the last five minutes. We pray that what we've been able to share with you during this uh, fireside chat, as Brother Rudolph uh, labeled our conversation once again, we hope something that uh, we've shared with you, uh, you'll be able to take and go deeper into it yourself and do some hands-on training as it relates to using a fire extinguisher, for an example, Uh, committing to memory the word PASS, P-A-S-S, where the P stands for pulling the pin, the A stands for aiming at the base of the fire, stands for squeezing the handle, and the other S stands for sweeping. And you could say sweep gradually, sweep slowly at the base of the fire. But, of course, we all know fire is nothing to play with, and our adrenaline is going to be at a, at a high. It's just something that's natural. But also, when you're talking about fire, when you're talking about developing a survival kit that you may have to put a back uh, a backpack, if you will, on your back and evacuate where you are, only pack the supplies personal to you and your family that you can carry. And so suppose you have to evacuate 
five blocks. Suppose you have to evacuate five miles. Then you have to be able to carry it. You have to be in good shape. So how's your health and fitness program? I don't care if you're sitting behind a computer screen. There are certain stretches you can do that will help you keep your body in position that if you have to make a move, then you're not pulling a muscle just getting up out of your office chair. There's certain reps you can do for your triceps and your biceps while you're sitting down in an office. When's the last time you did 10 push-ups? Just 10? Start with two. Go to 10. Go to 20. Might get so good to you. 50's no problem, but you have to start somewhere. Just bending your neck, north, east, west, and south, gradually stretching. Meditation. Stretching, yoga, stretching and meditation. It's a lot. You know, the Christians say every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. But are you really bowing? Are you really putting your knees and your mug on the rug? I mean, that's personal. But these are all things that you can do. You might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, as Maya Angelou said, but you can choose not to be reduced by them. So as we're in the last two minutes, I just want to say humbly, brothers and sisters, thank you for allowing me to serve in this capacity. Lord willing, we'll get together next week, and then we'll take it from there. I want to thank once again Black Hole Radio, the engineers for all that they did, as in this last minute or two, I'm going to let our dear brother close us out, Brother Rudolph T. Muhammad, and y'all pardon me if I use every now and then my poetic license that I say, even with these few words shared by me and thee, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family, and real freedom is responsibility the ability to respond legitimately by any means necessary. Thank you for tuning in to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Assalamu alaikum. Brother Rudolph, the floor is yours, sir. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Yes, sir. And family, yes, it's um, 559 right now. So let me close up, take this time to close out, too, first thanking Black Hole Radio for making this platform available for us, thanking my wonderful able-bodied co-host for putting up with me and my shenanigans and helping me to get this job done. Thank you for, of course, my wife, same thing, putting up with me. And thank you for you, the listeners, that tune in with us this week from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Prayerfully, something that we said helped you to get one step closer to being prepared than you were before you came to the show. If you have specific topics that you want to hear about, contact Black Hole Radio, Black Hole, W-H-O-L-E, radio, and uh, email them and tell them what it is. Or come on the air 
on Friday, call in and let us know, and we'll do our best to get subject matter experts in that topic on to help you answer your questions. Again, thank you, and we pray that Allah will bless you and your family and shower you with his grace and mercy until we meet again. As-salamu alaykum.
Oh, oh, oh. 